Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We continue our series on, on why. I know it was a difficult uh, title to think up, why. Um, but that's the title uh, we've been in for the last six weeks. This is our seventh week, I believe. We have one more Sunday, next Sunday, and we're going to um, launch into another direction. But I believe this has been a, a, a topic that is really, really good for our time. And, and it's really about questions that people ask, questions that people might ask you about who God is, questions that what, about, they might ask about you of why you are a Christian, why you believe this, or maybe these are questions that you have asked yourself. Why? Why different things? We've talked about all kinds of things. We've talked about, you know, why is the Bible so restrictive? You know, why should we believe in Jesus? We've talked about different topics. And today's topic I really want to bring out is, why is our hope as a Christian different than the hope of the world? Um, Let me ask you this question. Have you ever found yourself talking to someone, and every time you bring up a subject or you start talking to them, they always have this tendency to go into despair or into hopelessness or into fear? It just seems like that's where they head to. No matter what happens, that, that's their tendency to look at the hopelessness of a situation. When you try to encourage them, it can go a couple different ways. One is all of a sudden they can receive that encouragement and, and, and in a, in a faithful way and and their faith is is you know lifted up or the second way that they could receive it is more in a negative way and maybe that's their tendency they just have always to kind of think of it in a negative way you you might maybe both could be facing a similar situation maybe you're with a co-worker and you're both facing the possibility of of losing your position, being laid off from your work, and, and you're the person that kind of responds with hope, and, and, but the other person is the person that responds in fear. And, and all of a sudden, I don't know if you've ever had this, all of a sudden these you know, words are blurted out, is why are you so special? Why do you think that God loves you more than he loves me? Why do you, wh- what's all this hope thing that you have? All, don't you understand that there's a difficult situation we're facing? And that's the question I want to talk about. Why is hope different for a person who is a follower of Jesus? What makes your hope more special than my hope? And the first thought that I want to share with you today is our hope as a Christian is not based on instant results. We live in a society that lives for instant gratification. All the time. We see it all the time. We live in a culture where hope is not something for the future. It's it's for an instant desire that must be fulfilled right now. We don't hope for I mean, I have a hard time just waiting for the microwave to ding. We want things immediately. And I see many people living their life with this type of mentality There's little discipline, there's little sacrifice in life today, and they live only for the pleasure of today. What are we going to do today? What's going to be, when was the last time you just took a day off without having to plan anything and you just relax? Just a crazy thought. Listen to the following verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. This is a, a book that was written by King Solomon, 
And it's, a, it's, it's an interesting book, and this is an interesting scripture that I want to w- read in verse 11. It says, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted, catch this, he has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Interesting scripture, difficult scripture to understand. And I want to just bring out some thoughts about this. Because if you've read the book of Ecclesiastes, you'll know that the book of Ecclesiastes is a book of comparison. It's a book that compares good versus evil. It's a book that compares love versus hate. Prosperity versus adversity, war versus peace, planting versus, versus harvesting. And the whole idea of the book of Ecclesiastes is it's, almost, it's a little depressing <laughs> as you get into it sometimes. But basically uh, what the author is writing, he says, it doesn't seem to matter if you, if you love God, if you don't love God, it seems like everything's still going to happen to you. You're still going to experience love and war. You're still going to experience love and, and, and hate or, and peace and war. You're going to experience all those things. And, and, and pretty soon the author of this book, he says, why strive to work so hard within a world? Basically, this is the idea. Why, why do we strive to work so hard in a world where we have no guarantees? Why? Many events that take place in the world seem so unfair. Why does the Ukrainian people have to go through what they're going through right now? Why does a five-year-old have to go through cancer? Why, you know, why, why does a good couple all of a sudden, their children have to go through a divorce situation? Why do we, we go through all these different things that, you know, why does that person, they've been so faithful, they've been working at that job for 20 years, why do they get laid off from their job? Why, 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 why? So many things seem so unfair. Yet according to this scripture, God has placed eternity, I want you to catch this thought, Eternity in the heart for a purpose. There's a purpose why God put eternity in our hearts. We might not be able to clearly see or understand everything that's happening today, but we have a hope of eternity that is set in our heart. There's a purpose behind it. It's to give us a hope beyond today. See, we know that the story doesn't end with today. Thank you for the one amen. Praise God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verses 24 and 25, it says, We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something that we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Many people in our world today don't live with a godly hope. During the COVID pandemic, many people struggled with their feelings of hopelessness and, and, and just, all, in fact, some of you struggle, all of us struggle with some type of feelings. Come on. During this whole time of COVID, we all struggle with feelings. We struggle with anger and disappointment and frustration and, and you know, all these different things that was in some of the discouragement and maybe some had hopelessness and, and we had to fight through those things. Do you remember the fighting through those emotions in your life? Where all of a sudden it just felt like we were locked down and we couldn't see our friends. And, and we were, you know, it's just, man, you had to fight through those things. Statistics show that there was a substantial increase in suicide attempt, attempts among teenagers, especially young girls. It was not so much in response to COVID, but it was, it was in response to the lockdowns. It was feelings of isolation and loneliness that caused this increase of suicide attempts among teenagers. But... 
even though many people, and I want you to catch this thought, are struggling with this depression and, and hopelessness in our world at times, you could easily argue that we're living in a society or in a culture or in a period of time today that, that is like no other. We have more prosperity, more reasons to have, have hope than ever before. And yet we continue to live in, I know what we see, I know what we get, but man, we didn't live through the Civil War. You know what I'm saying? We, most of us didn't go through World War II. Some of you might have, I didn't. Most of us didn't go through some things that were really horrific. I know we have different things in today's society as well. But there's a greater sense of hopelessness in America. This is not me saying it. There's been polls. There's been different things that have been showing out reports of this hopelessness that's coming on into America. So then why do so many Americans struggle with hopelessness if we are living in a time of prosperity? I read an article the other day which is interesting. And I, I know I'm giving out a lot of facts today. And just hang with me for a minute. It states that Americans, uh, Amer- the average American family considered to be living in poverty, catch this, average American family that, still, that considers to be living in poverty still, poverty still has at least one widescreen TV in their home, which is connected either to uh, a live stream or to a streaming device or through to cable. The average American family in poverty live in a, in a home that is, has air conditioning and heating. They also have access to public and private health insurance. 82% of families considered poor in the United States still have one or more smartphones. And 43% of people who are considered living in poverty in the United States, guess what? They have two or more cars. And I don't share this to to deny that we don't have people that are struggling financially. I'm not saying that. But I share this because the average American still lives more prosperous than the rest of the world. In fact, a per, you could argue a person who lives in poverty here in the United States would actually be considered rich in many countries around the world. Yet there are so many reports stating that people's confidence about the future is in decline. People are experiencing greater sense of hopelessness than ever before. And I've, maybe, maybe we're watching too many zombie movies. Maybe too many of the end of the world movies. Maybe too many cable news networks, uh, news shows. I don't know. Something's happening. Have you ever noticed that when a new blockbuster movie comes out, half of the blockbuster movies has to do with the end of the world? (laughs) Give me something new, please. And you wonder why we struggle with discouragement, all those types of things. Anyhow. The Bible talks about that. Whatever you put in your mind, you know what? That's what's going to come out of your, uh, you know, whatever's in your heart, it's going to come out of your mind. You're just going to speak it forth because you just keep putting on bad. Stop putting bad stuff in your mind and in your thoughts. Start putting some good thoughts in there. Think on these things, as Paul says. Things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are righteous, things that are good. That's not my message, but just for someone here today. It brings me to a second thought of why we have greater hope than maybe there's the hope that some people have in the world. Our hope goes beyond physical death. I don't think any of us like the idea of dying. My mom <laughs> got the report. She was in the hospital this week. Pray for my mom, Faye. And uh, pray for Court and Janet, by the way, as well. Court fell down. Um, he, 
he was low in sodium, and, and they're the cute couple out there. Always, she's always willing to pray for you at any point, and, and uh, they just need prayer as well. And so they're not here today. Uh, be great if you have a heart for them and you want to give them a meal. Man, contact the church office. We're going to set up a meal on wheels this week just to help bless them this week. So and be praying for them. But my mom, she was having some heart situation, fluttering and, and different things, and so she called nine one one. And she lives up in Seattle. And the ambulance came and got her this week and took her. That my brother texted me, "Hey, Tom, mom went to the hospital. She's home now. She's doing okay." And and uh, you know. My mom has been telling us for how many years? Ten years now, maybe it is. Man, I'm ready to meet the Lord. Whenever my time is, man, I'm ready to go. I am ready. I, I don't have to be here any longer. I can be ready to go whenever my time is. And we're just all going, is this mom's time? Is this mom's time? And we all pray, no, it's not mom's time. But, you know, you start. But she, it's not, that's truly in her heart. She's ready. Because her hope goes beyond a physical death. It's not what we have in this, in this world. It goes beyond that as a Christ follower. If you don't have your hope in Jesus, if you don't have a hope in heaven, then death brings an end to life. For most people, this is a fearful thought. I read an illustration the other day that was really, really good. If you were driving a car 60 miles an hour, but unable to see out the windows, wouldn't that be frightening? But some people are driving towards death without being able to see their future. And it's frightening. As I shared before, God has planted eternity in our hearts. So the idea of life just ending is a dreadful thought for many people. The idea that all of our relationships will come to a complete end and and our life has no more purpose is troubling at the best. And I'm not saying I don't believe in heaven and hell. But for someone who doesn't believe in God, then they shouldn't believe in eternity either. They just believe that their life ceases. Yet if God has placed eternity in the hearts of people, then maybe the reason that some people fear death is the concern for what's on the other side. Because God has placed there. See, God has a purpose for that little thing in their heart. So that all of a sudden, when, when you walk up to them and start saying, hey, is there something wrong? I just feel that, can I pray with you? All of a sudden, that little thing that was placed in their heart for eternity might say, you know what, there is something, I don't know what it is. But I just, I feel, I feel just, I feel hopeless. I feel discouraged. And it opens up the door where you can share about Jesus. As a follower of Jesus, we don't have to fear what's on the other side of death. As the Apostle Paul writes, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul didn't fear death because he knew that he would, at death time, he would be in the presence of Jesus. Our faith in Jesus gives us a hope that goes beyond this life. It gives us a hope that goes beyond death. For some, that might scare them, the idea of death, that, you know, that, 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 that it's just a scary thought. But for others, catch this thought. For others... Death might be an escape from their current circumstances. Even if they don't believe in God, even if they don't believe in Jesus, they see death as an escape. What a rotten way to live life. If you think about that, what a rotten way to live life. If the only thing you think about death is the ability to be able to escape my current circumstances, my present condition. I'd prefer nothingness over what I have currently. That's truly a hopeless way to live life. 
The Apostle Paul lived, and I was thinking about this. Man, he lived in difficult situations. Stoned, beaten, shipwrecked, all these different things. And yet he had a love for life because of Jesus. You see, I think about the Irina story from Ukraine. You know, being displaced, all these different things. Yeah, did that weigh upon her? Yes. But what gave her hope is was her hope in God. Her hope in Jesus. We need that hope. You see, Jesus gives us that hope. The hope to overcome and the power of his Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God, gives us a hope to overcome our circumstances in life. In John 16, Jesus states, take heart, I have overcome this world. The famous D.L. Moody, who was a famous evangelist in the 19th century, wrote these words about his death. (laughs) So before his death, he writes these words. Someday you'll read in the papers that D.L. Moody of East Northfield is dead. Don't believe a word of it. At that moment, I will be more alive than ever. Love it. It's the same hope that Jesus gave the thief on the cross. Jesus was being crucified and he had a thief on either side of him. And the one was making, was just making fun of Jesus, sharing some remarks that were not kind to Jesus. And the one thief really spoke to the other thief and said, do you know who you're speaking to? Seriously? You're going to talk? You're going to demean the king of the Jews? You're going to demean the son of God? And then he turns to Jesus and he says, will you remember me when you enter into your kingdom? And Jesus makes these words. He makes this statement. Truly I tell you today you will be with me in paradise. That's our hope. It's a hope beyond death. The last thought I want to share with you today is this. Our hope is assured. As Christians, our hope about the future should be filled with assurance. This is what makes our hope different than the hope of the world. The difference is where our hope is placed. For example, I hope tomorrow will be sunny. Guess what? I have a lot of assurance that tomorrow is going to be sunny. You know why? Because I live in Orange County. Yay! Now, if I'm living in Seattle, and I say, man, I hope tomorrow's going to be sunny, guess what? I might be disappointed. There's a good chance it might not be. Emerson knows what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, that's why you live in Orange County. Yay! If my wife decides that for our anniversary coming up this year, she would like to have a 10-carat diamond ring. Guess what? She might be disappointed. (laughs) Now, if she's married to Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon, guess what? It might come to fruition. Don't get any ideas. You see, it's not so much what you know, it's who you know. It's the place that you, you understand what I'm saying? If you, really, if you really want to see something successful, then plug into Christ. If you really want hope in your life, then stop running away from God and start running towards God. As a follower of Jesus, I have a greater expectation of the future 
Just like I have a greater expectation that's going to be sun shining here tomorrow than I do in Seattle. Now, by the way, can we pray for Seattle? All the people of Seattle, they lost their quarterback this last week. They're going through depression, discouragement, hopelessness. There's all kinds of stuff. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was our star quarterback for 10 years. I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan. I'm broke. I had a prayer I broke through. I was at a conference in Houston this last week. And as I was at the conference, it was really good. And my sister, my, my sister and brother-in-law were there, Dave and Debbie. And, and Debbie was talking to someone at the conference there. And they're diehard Seahawks fans. And I walked up to her in the midst of the conference. And I just got the news over my iPhone. I said, Debbie, the Seahawks traded Russell Wilson. No, they didn't. She tells me, no, they didn't. Tom, stop lying to me. Debbie, they traded Russell Wilson. They traded him to Denver. The, the team that we won. Oh, my gosh. Who was that? <laughs> ushers. Ushers. Security. <laughs> they traded him to Denver. The, the one team we beat in the Super Bowl, Russell Wilson is now playing for the enemy. Can't believe it. So I was telling Debbie, she was going like, no, Tom, it's, it's not. And you should have seen once she, someone said, yeah, it's true. I just read it too. The hopelessness that came over her, the despair. And I share this in humor because it shows how much our hope is predicated on the different things of this world. And reminds us, in a humorous way, it reminds us that the hope of this world comes and goes. The hope of this world is not dependable to build your life upon. As followers of Jesus, we must be cautious that we don't place our hope in this world, but that we place our hope in Jesus Christ, because otherwise we could lose hope of the future. The Israelites in the Old Testament had put their hope and faith in other things besides God. They had become an idolatrous nation that had rebelled against God. And during that time, God allowed King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon to capture Jerusalem and hopelessness came over the nation because now all of a sudden they're not a free nation. They just, it's kind of like the whole thing we're seeing in Ukraine. They, they were taken into another country. But this time they're, they're, the Israelites were in slavery. They lost everything. Now slaves to Babylon. It was during this time that God sent Jeremiah the prophet to give them a message of hope. So if you get this picture, God had to allow Israel to go into bondage because they were being idolatrous. They were serving other gods. He knew where this was going. So he had to lift his favor off of the nation. He said, no, no, no. And so Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came and captured them, took them into bondage. And you can imagine the hopelessness in your life. The hopelessness that must have been all of a sudden now you were free, you were, it was prosperous, everything was going good, and now you're a slave to another country. But see, God did not leave them hopeless. He gave them this word. He sent his prophet Jeremiah to the Israelites. And he shared this word in Jeremiah 29, verses 10 and 11. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my, fulfill my good promise to bring you back, into, into, or back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God did not leave the Israelites in hopelessness. Yes, did they have to wait for 70 years before they were delivered? Yes. But God gave them a plan and a hope for their future. 
And I share that story because God, as a follower of Christ, God has given you a plan and a hope for your future. His name is Jesus Christ. You have a plan for salvation. You have a plan for heaven. You don't have to be stuck in this world. Guess what? He has a plan for your life. You just need to put your faith in him. We don't have to live under the hopelessness of this world. We live under the hope of our Savior with eternity in mind. The Israelites were in bondage in Babylon. It wasn't an easy life. They, they, they didn't really have hope without the, the word of the God. And it was that promise that God had given them that, would, that gave them the hope for restoration in the future. As, believer, God is, as believers, God has given us promises. Those promises are things that we can build our lives upon. God's promise doesn't mean that life will be easy. If you're going to a church that's telling you that life is going to be easy, that you know what, well, all you have to do is have faith and God's going to give you, be careful. Be careful. God doesn't promise that. Jesus exact, actually states the exact opposite. He said, we're, we're going to have difficulties in this life. The reality is that actually, if you think about this thought, the reality is that actually our life here on earth is our captivity. This is actually kind of our bondage. In struggling with sin, struggling with all the things. And it doesn't mean that we can't enjoy this life. It doesn't mean that we can't have faith in this life. It doesn't mean that God's not with us in this life. But in reality, because God was with the people in Babylon. In reality, this is kind of our, our, our in this, on this world, we're kind of in a bondage. But then there's going to be one day when Jesus returns where he's going to deliver us from this bondage of this world where there will be no more pain, no more sickness, no more sin. That's our hope. Like I said, it doesn't mean that we can't enjoy this life, but man, this life will have troubles. And life will be hard at times in this life because we are under the captivity of sin. It, just this world is not necessarily you because you've been set free. One day, that promise will take place where all pain and difficulty will be dismissed. No more. And this is our hope. This is our promise. This is our assurance as followers of Jesus. It's the reason that we can live with joy today. We don't have to live under hopelessness because we know that we have been assured the hope that goes beyond the bondage of this world. And my, my desire for all of us today as I've been sharing this message, is to be just a reminder for each and every one of us to live with eternity in our hearts, to live with the hope of the future, to enjoy the present day, but to understand there's something that goes beyond, way beyond the present day for a follower of Christ. It's what makes our hope different from the world is Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Let's live today following the instructions of Nehemiah. He says, don't be dejected and sad, for the, Lord, for, the, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. See, our responsibility as followers of Christ is to share the hope of our salvation to everyone that we can find. The hope of Jesus to every person that we meet. If it's in the coffee shop, if it's in the grocery store, if it's at work, wherever it might be, we are, to be, we are called to share the hope of Jesus. And we're supposed to touch that little piece of eternity that God has placed in everybody's heart and share about the love of Jesus. Hey, can I share with you just a thought I had? 
about the love of my God, his name is Jesus. He would love to get to know you. I know it's not about Pastor Thomas. No, no. You would be amazed at how many people are just waiting for someone to approach them. In faith. Not in fear. In faith. Watch what happens. Layers would come off. People start saying, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises that we have been set free by the power of the blood of Jesus. We have been given a hope, an assurance of the future, an assurance of salvation, an assurance of heaven. Lord, I pray today that we would be able to articulate well as a believer in Jesus, our hope to a world, Lord God, that maybe is lost and is in need. I pray that you give us opportunities to share our hope to others. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.